Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I'm really excited for this segment today. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing Dava Mills. Dava is from a small town in Washington State outside of Portland, Oregon, and in August of 2022, she was positive for connective tissue disease. But then, two months later, she was diagnosed with Sjogren's disease. Sjogren's syndrome, excuse me. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with Sjogren's and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips if she has any on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome Deva, thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Deva, can you again Tell our listeners the name of your autoimmune disease and share your story with us regarding when this autoimmune disease showed up in your life. Um, well, the name of my autoimmune disease is Sjogren's Syndrome. Uh, they are looking at changing it to Sjogren's Disease. That's a whole other topic that's um, way too technical for me. Um, but in 2019, I started noticing like my energy was completely off. And, uh, you know, and I'd have like my yearly physicals and I have a really good relationship with my doctor. And, um, so 2020 at my physical, I'm like, dude, I just feel tired. It's like, let's check your thyroid. And it was fine. Perfect. And then in 2021, I was like, you know, I've got some other weird things going on. My mom's type two diabetic, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gained some weight. Yep. Let's check your blood sugar. Perfect. All my other labs perfectly like literally when I say perfect I think only two weren't in the center like it was perfect right yeah and then and going into last year uh, my daughter towards the end of our school year we were in the middle of a move so to kind of reward her for going through a lot of this um we were staying at a hotel with a pool so after school we'd go swimming and I was stepping into the jacuzzi and I noticed that my knee hurt stepping into warm water I'm like well this is odd yeah. And I knew one of my friends was going through her own, you know, like diagnosis battle. And I'm like, you know, I've been really tired for a couple of years. Like, literally, I can't string sentences together some days. And now my knees hurt. Like, do you think this could be like autoimmune? Hmm. And she was like, well, what else are you noticing? And I kind of list off just weird things I notice about myself. Like, I feel better in the sun, which is really odd. Most autoimmune people don't. Mm-hmm. And some, just some other little weird things. And she goes, non-photosensitive and no mind you she's been doing research for over two years working with rheumatologists trying to figure out what's going on so she's really well versed in symptoms at this point mm-hmm. she goes check out Sjogren's disease and I look it up and I realize as I'm reading all these symptoms oh my god I'm not thirsty my mouth is dry oh that's why I haven't cried a tear in 10 years like I thought I was emotionally broken and so I start going down all these symptoms, and one of the really interesting ones was salivary stones. And salivary stones, I had salivary stones almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my rheumatologist later told me, he said, yeah, he says, Sjogren's is a slow-burning disease. So it was definitely those salivary stones were one of your first symptoms. Wow. So it was it's interesting, but... Um, a lot of people, you know, as I would say in some of these things, oh, hon, you know, you're in menopause. You're just getting older. It's just this, it's just that. I'm like, no, this is too sudden for it to be menopause. There's something else going on. Right. And 
Yeah. Well, now that you know that you have Sjogren's, how do you manage your symptoms? Um, oh my gosh. So, you know, a lot of my symptoms are like I get tired easy. So, uh, the first thing I had to do is I am not a creature of routine. Mm-hmm. Routine, other than making sure I take a shower every day and I eat at some point during the day, I literally do not have a routine. And I had to create routine for myself. And so I know that I can work eight hours a day, and I mostly work from home, so mm-hmm. it's easy. I can do one hour of housework, work cooking. That's it. On the weekends, I can do four hours of housework I have, and that allows me enough energy to spend time with my daughter, do things with her. Anything above that, um, for every one hour of push outside of my routine, even if I feel good at the moment, I know that extra hour is going to cause me two hours of needed rest. Yeah. Um, And then I have some other symptoms that are largely managed through vitamins and supplements, and then other symptoms that are managed through medication. So it's, oh, and then diet. I am, I, I can't go out to eat at very many places anymore because I have a crazy diet these days. Has so. it, uh, has it been hard for you to adjust to taking medications for, um, Sjogren's? Uh, uh, not that hard, uh, mostly because my daughter's ADHD. So mm-hmm. prior to my diagnosis, I had built in a little bit of routine and series of alarms on my uh, phone to remind her to take, you know, her medication and her supplement. Mm-hmm. And so the medication part and the supplement part for me was probably the easiest because um, she's with her dad half the time and me half the time. So I just have alarms all over my phone about reminders to do this and that. So right. those those alarms ceased to be for her and they became for both of us. Um. Now, you had mentioned that your diet um, has mm-hmm. changed drastically. So, uh, what can you elaborate more about that? Yeah, so there's a lot of different diet recommendations out there for people. Um, but I have a really good friend who's a naturopath, and I've been kind of down an elimination diet previously. Uh, of course, Chinese medicine has their own way that they handle a diet. So the second that my blood work came back, uh, they did something called an ANA. That was my initial diagnosis for the connective tissue, which mm-hmm. is the category that uh, Schrodinger's is in. So the note from my doctor basically said, because I had, there's a blood marker called an FFA. Mm-hmm. Mine was literally off the charts. Like the lab stopped counting that particular blood marker. Wow. So... My diagnosis was so easy. My doctor said, you have a connective tissue disease. It's probably Sjogren's. It could be lupus or any other connective tissue disease. You Mm -hmm. need to see a rheumatologist. So I knew at that moment because of uh, two or three of my friends that have gone through this. I have a really good friend with lupus. I have one with Hashimoto's. I had one that's still in her own diagnosis, how, and then I have another one with rheumatoid arthritis and Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Like, I already knew the protocols they were going through, and literally the day I got that blood test back, I stopped eating gluten, and I stopped eating dairy, just full stop. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, about two months later, I toyed around with a little something, a little bit of, like, you know, a wheat-based soy sauce in the food, and it had me flat out on the couch. And then what happened, at about the two-month mark, I realized I was reacting to potatoes. 
Um, but I wasn't reacting to bell peppers, and they're the same kind of classification of a nightshade, which I thought was interesting, but removed those. Yeah. And started feeling better. But what would happen is if I had those things, I would like literally, I'd call it pancake mode. I would lay down on the couch and I couldn't get up for three hours. And I was kind of in and out of this unrestful sleep, but I really couldn't move. And then my body was having something called small fiber neuropathy. Now there's different versions of neuropathy and there's different versions of small fiber. Mm -hmm. Mine is my body starts vibrating, not shaking, vibrating. And it vibrates so hard that my partner put his hand on my shoulder one night and goes, oh, my God, your body's vibrating. So um, I would have, like, as my body started um, deflating, because I was inflamed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, As it started deflating, what wound up happening is anytime I would have a food that was bad for me, within 20 minutes, my salivary glands would shut down. And at this point, I was on medication to help me produce saliva, so... It became really quick for me to identify a food I shouldn't have because I could like look at my plate and say, well, there's six items on here. These two are known inflammatories, so tomorrow I'll have this food and see if it does the same thing to me. And if it does, then it just got removed off the list of things that I could eat. So now um, it took about three months to get most of them on the list, and then around the six-month mark, peanuts mm-hmm. showed up on the list of can't have. Almonds started setting my body off, lentils, um, and a couple other little things like that that seem very incidental. Pistachios. Mm-hmm. can't have pistachios anymore. It's crazy. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I can have cashews, though. Yay. Um, <laughs> so as I started moving those things out of my system, um, I started feeling a lot better. My eyes, suddenly, like my eyes uh, aren't, they, they were swollen. I had no hood. Um, and then all of a sudden my eyes started looking normal again for me. It was like, wow, I didn't realize how swollen my body was literally swollen. Um, so yeah, so for me, the diet, so I have a lot and I just go out to eat and I have this little list on my phone and I show it to the server and they study it. Sometimes they take a picture of it and take it back to the kitchen. And then that's how I can ensure that I can eat out at those places. So, wow. It's, it's so crazy to me how, the food that we eat can mm-hmm. affect us in so many ways, in so many ways, and and cause these autoimmune diseases to flare. Yeah, and you know, and everybody has their own prescription that works for them in that category. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, ninety percent of us can't have gluten. That's like, it's very rare you can meet someone that can have gluten or even have it on an occasional basis. Um, but you know, the, the big ones that I see are gluten, dairy, potatoes, rice, um, those right across the board, almost everybody can't have that. And I am very common, I guess you would say in that respect, but yeah, food is, it's crazy. And the hard part is, is once you learn that, like for those of us, it's called SICA Mm -hmm. is the symptom where you don't produce saliva or tears and once you learn that's what it is, if I have something that disagrees with me, it stops my medication from working. And if you go long enough without having saliva and realizing that you're not producing saliva, for me, it's a panic attack. Oh, I'm sure. Because, yeah, I have to have water next to me at all times as a result of that. And, um, yeah, it's... But yeah, food food is the number one thing. It's like I can I can dial in on a food so fast these days. It's not even funny. And um, so yeah, and no social drinking anymore for me. Like if I go out, it's very.
everywhere that I can tolerate alcohol because yeah. it shuts off my salivary glands. Mm. So, um, yeah, food, food is food is medicine, and food is the absence of medicine, I guess, too, at, at some point. Absolutely. Um, you've talked about challenges that you've faced physically um, okay. since having Sjogren's, but um, what about the challenges that you've faced mentally since you were diagnosed? that I was really trying to overcome was brain fog. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was doing contract work. I'm in HR. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly, I was having a hard time writing policies. Like, what the hell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really weird to take notes and not remember that I took notes and then not refer to the notes and then just completely space that, right? Right. So it, that, for me, mentally, it was really hard because, yeah, my body might not be doing what I wanted to do, but a lot of us fail to realize that our brain is part of our body, you know? Yeah. It's so, and this, this affects us mentally, you know? So then it's like I'm showing up as an idiot for people. I was going through a divorce. The stress doesn't help brain fog. And um, so there was a lot of stress burdens I was going through. And so I had to, at that point, I started adjusting to methylated vitamin D. And that helped quite a bit. And mm-hmm. now I take it, obviously, I think of a high-potency version every day. But then, you know, it's hard. Like, my kid, you know, she's almost 13. And she's like, well, God, you know, you're always tired. Your back always hurts. And I'm like... It was like that before, and I was pushing through, but I was right. only here half the time, so I was able to sleep it off the week you weren't here, mm-hmm. and I, I, it got to a point I couldn't do that anymore, so I have to live this way with you in moderation so that we can do the things we want to do together, Right. and um, but, you know, the medications, the supplements, the diet help, because now I was able to spend, like, all day out with her Mother's Day, and I was Oh. Really, I felt great at the end of the day. That's great. But obviously, I'm not going to try to do that, you know, multiple times a week right now because it could completely burn me out. Right, you can't, yeah. Yeah, so the mental part, it's hard. It's hard to look around the house because, you know, we talked about dogs, and I have a dog named Noodle. Mm-hmm. He's a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, and he literally sheds the, um, the I don't know, it's more than my cat every couple of days worth of fur um and you know look around the house you know my partner and I both work part I mean full-time he's got another part-time job you know we have a life outside the home and suddenly it's like I don't have the energy to do just basic tasks around the house I don't have the energy to both cook and do the dishes right so and I don't have the energy to cook the way I used to so mentally it's hard to watch other people take up that Task, right? Right. And I love to cook, so having you know people cook for me kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but you know they're they're rising to the challenge. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, and it is amazing. And when you have you know people that want to help, I always say you know um, let them help you. Um, that was a mistake I made in the beginning when I was first diagnosed with my autoimmune disease. Um, you know, I was so independent that I didn't want anyone to help me but I look back on it and you know those people wouldn't really offer the help or want to help um you know if they really didn't want to and that's what I had to learn especially if they're your friends and family you know let them help you you know 
Right. My dad once said it as, if you don't allow someone to help you, you're stealing their blessing. Oh, that's true. It's so true. And uh, so, you know, now where I live, I'm not in a situation where most of my friends are within an hour of me. So mm-hmm. things are a little bit different, but they're super patient and... You know, I kind of have veto authority on restaurants these days, which is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to be able to eat. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, don't, I agree with you. If people are offering to help, you know, then let them offer to help and, and take them up on it. Even 15 minutes of help is better than sitting there for five hours doing about it. Ab- absolutely. And, you know, what are some of the most significant changes that you have had to make in your daily routine in order to adapt to having Sjogren's? Oh my God, the biggest one was my budget. Um, I gotta tell you, because I'm in HR, right? Right. And I specifically chose to work within the blue collar industry because working with people who are constantly living paycheck to paycheck and working with them and working with companies as ways to make them more productive, meaning more productivity, more income, more income, more rates, right? Mm-hmm. And to see, like, the, it's just an excited step, and I'll come back, but to see, like, the company I work with because we've been able to do that, I told them, we're going to be entering a baby boom. And I was right because now all our employees are making enough money they can afford to have a family, which is amazing to watch. Yeah. But the problem is, is I look at this disease, this is an expensive disease. And for anybody that I would be working with who is paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. I don't know how they would be able to physically work with this disease. I spend about $250 a month on supplements alone. Yeah. And anytime I cycle one out to see what happens, I'm in pancake mode. Like literally every single supplement I take serves a purpose in my body. Mm-hmm. Most people these days do not have an extra $250 a month. No. And so, but do I have an extra $250 a month? Well, that was my fun money, right? So right. anything that I would do to like go out with friends and simply just on a whim, you know, going out to eat right now is expensive everywhere. Like suddenly that is very minor in the scheme of things. Um, right. I had to dial a lot of that back, you know, there's no more just on a whim, get a cool pair of shoes. I mean, I can do that just can't do it as much um and it, you know yeah sure that's that's hard but what that really opened up for me is there's a lot of racial disparity there's a lot of privilege and let's face it i am a white presenting woman in a professional job i can afford to have this and it really has opened up for me a whole space of but what about the people who can't mm-hmm. you know my 15 dollars deductible on my medication my medication is not enough. It's a huge part of what I do, but it's not enough. Like, who, I mean, this is an expensive disease. Absolutely. And um, so anyway, but I take a lot of supplements. I take, you know, methylated B for the brain fog. Um, I don't know why I feel it in my ankles and stuff, but, you know, and then like learning how does each of these things, like in these changes, like, why is this important to my body? You know, you stop saying, oh, that's why this is important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like cow liver, who would have known? Cow liver actually makes my meds work better. I can trace cow liver to my meds, not my supplements. It's like, it's just the crazy stuff like that. I'm like, this is really weird. Wow. Um, And so, yeah, that's, those are 
make a, you know significant changes outside of building a routine. It's just really redefining my priorities in life and really creating a sense of gratitude that I can have this, but I also try to create awareness that, you know, I look at some of my employees who I know have similar issues and like, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing to me that they are able to work in the capacity they do. And I am so grateful that they are able to do that. It's, Absolutely grateful. It's definitely an eye opener for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how has your family adjusted to you having uh, Sjogren's. I know you talked about your daughter, you know, um, that she, you know, she's kind of like, mom, you're always tired, you know, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but, um, you know, meaning your support system. Do you, do you have a great support system around you? I, I do. And again, part of the reason I have a support system around me is I have four very close friends that all have their own autoimmune issues going on. So, mm-hmm. number one, if I need to gripe to anybody, they get it, right? right. Like, I can call them up and be like, dude. Um, but then my extended family, like my parents live, you know, about an hour away. My sister lives an hour away. You know, they're having to, like, work around dinners with them. And, you know, I made a, a comment one day to my mom because we were talking about going out to restaurants. And I said, well, you know, I can generally find a salad or something. Else mm-hmm. There's always something even if I'm having to order things a la carte I I can usually find things to eat in the restaurant and so we were planning Thanksgiving and my mom was hey we're going to do Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving this year instead of cooking and I'm like okay which is kind of weird I like to cook but okay Mm -hmm. and um I said but I can't have any of that food literally I can have none of it Mm -hmm. and she goes well you can just bring a salad (laughs) like mom it's Thanksgiving um, funny note, at the end of the day, they decided not to do Cracker Barrel because um, nobody wanted the sweet potato casserole, and they wouldn't allow them to substitute. So I was just kind of like, like rolling my eyes at it. So, you know, for them, you know, they will do what they can, but, you know, they also know I'm self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, just by the way, Thanksgiving, I wound up having the flu and being cold up at home anyway, so it worked out. Yeah. Um that you have you know your friends um that can't that you can relate with that are going through you know their autoimmune diseases because you know I'm sure that's you know that means everything to you you know yeah Um, do you have friends that you lean on to for these things I do I do I have I have quite a few friends um that I know that have um autoimmune diseases they've had uh, lung transplants. Um, I actually just had a lung transplant, double lung transplant in December. And oh, I've, wow. yeah, I did. And so, um, I've actually met so many people, um, that have, that have went through what I've went through. And it's just nice to be able to, to have those folks in your life that you can, you know, relate to and that, and that they can relate to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. I hadn't listened to that on your podcast. I've gone back and listened to a few, but wow. <laughs> yes. Um, and so um, what do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune diseases to know? concerning to me is any autoimmune community, children's community I go into, at some point there's somebody during the day talking about their fear of losing their job. And um, this is where there's a huge gap in education with just people in the U.S. This is not a fault of employers. This is not a fault of managers. It's just there's a gap of information. And mm-hmm. if you work for a company with 15 or more people, your company has to implement what's called ADA standards which means um, that's the Americans with Disabilities Act, and that's reasonable accommodation. Absolutely. And now I want to be clear here. Of my years in HR, I'm mostly an expert in recruiting, so accommodations um, and things like that are kind of like I know these laws and I know how to implement them. I don't know the detail on the law, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell you how many times like I was talking to somebody, and she's like, yeah, this person has Sjogren's, they're on a job rotation, they need a longer rotation on the sitting jobs and the standing jobs, and their employer won't give it to them because it's showing favoritism. I said they broke the law. Yeah. They, they broke the law. You know, in reasonable accommodation, there's there's a few things you have to look at. But basically, reasonable just simply means affordable and practical, right? It, it can't break the bank for the company to allow the person to do this. Right. It also requires what they call the interactive process, which is just a fancy word for conversation. Um, maybe a little negotiation and to look at somebody and just say, well, we can't show you favoritism indicates they didn't take it into consideration. They didn't look at what, what might be practical just because that's what she requested. Doesn't mean that's what they have to accommodate her with. There might be a different reasonable accommodation that hasn't been explored, which would only be explored if they had the interactive process, AKA conversation. Right. So People need to know their rights, but I always point people to askjan.org, um, ask like A-S-K-J-A-N, J-A-N.org, and J-A-N stands for the Job Accommodation Network, and they have videos of old webinars, they have lists of how to accommodate, they have blogs from people. Um, brain fog, though, is a new accommodation, and oddly for all of us spoonies out here, we've had brain fog years Mm -hmm. but it has become an accommodation and it was always an accommodation before don't get me wrong but they now know how to accommodate it because of long COVID because we are you know like eight percent of the population has an autoimmune disease right right but long COVID they have a lot more employees that are suffering from that at work and brain fog's what this has done so now people are a little bit easier um, understanding of how to accommodate that so um and so I tell people like if you have an autoimmune disease, the first ninety days you're drinking from a fire hose. You just and if there's any way you can get an accommodation for flex time at work and you can afford it, again, afford it. Or if you have a paid disability leave, whether it's a state or a private one, and you can run that concurrent with an FMLA, which is protected leave, again, here in the U.S., during those first 90 days and start, I mean, those first 90 days are critical for getting things under control. Yes. And, you know, and this is only for people that are working. Like, I don't, I would not have any sort of reasonable advice for a stay-at-home mom with three kids under eight. 
other than I am so sorry because I know how vital macaroni and cheese is in <laughs> your life, right? Yeah. Um, so, but for the people at work, like if you have these these ability to take like you know even one or two days a week off of work just so you can rest and research and figure out your diet and meal planning, do it. Just do it. Just buckle down. Get the leave with your doctor. Have them sign off on the the medical leave. Take it to your employer. Your supervisor can't sign off on FMLA. It has to be an HR person or somebody down in your department that's like upper management. Right. So, like, do those things to take the time for yourself now because if you don't take time for your health, your body will make you take time for your health. And that's exactly what you don't want. Um, so, yeah, you go to Ask Jan, you print out all the accommodations, you talk to your, your, your boss, like, hey, you know, this is what I'm going through right now. And to keep me effective here at work, I need a couple of these things implemented can we talk about this right and so, you know don't I, I want people don't be afraid to take care of you you know exactly exactly you know we have all this focus on self-care but people don't look at self-care as sometimes just needing to sleep you know right how we think it's getting a manicure or you know a spa day and self-care could be i'm just sitting in my backyard with music on my ears for five minutes even I have a friend that takes three-minute vacations. She goes into a meditation on a pretend vacation in extreme detail. And that's part of her self-care routine. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I would also tell people, don't try to do everything all at once. And that's the other thing. Is that's why the first 90 days, like, you want to look at the 90 days as it's time to explore different things for a different amount of time. Like, if you're going to do... A food elimination, yeah, some people can eliminate everything all at once, mm -hmm. but most people can't. Most people can eliminate this thing or this thing. Doctors tell you, oh, it only takes 30 days to figure it out. No, you start getting infusities. A lot of people are like, nah, really took about 90 days for me to figure out that this wasn't working with my body. It wasn't enough time for my body to, you know, get rid of the inflammation in those 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so as you kind of go through those things. I would just tell people, like, you know, know what your rights are at work and don't feel like you have to do everything all at once. Right. You know, start, start with the obvious and just do one or two of those things for a month and then add another thing or try something for two months. Right. Yeah. Give yourself time. Don't, don't feel like you have to rush. Yeah, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. There's right. no rushing. <laughs> yes. No rushing. Absolutely. And is there anything else you want to add or share to today's segment? You know, I would say find the silver lining. You know, right now, everything has to have a silver lining. Um, I learned, you know, a little bit more about my daughter's love language and how it expresses. And we've been able to find things that I can do within my energy level that allows me to connect with her, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, I better understand what my employees are going through right now. So it's, it's another form of gratitude. Like, I'm really thankful to have this opportunity to understand some of the perils that people are going through and how, how they manage to get through their day. Um, you know, I have a better understanding of vitamins and supplements. I've always been one of those people that's happy to go grab stuff and try it and use it to help heal me when I'm sick or whatever, but it's a completely different understanding and uh, 
symbiosis that I'm having with supplements right now, and then the the diet change. Um, Got to be clear, I was fine with my body, <laughs> um, but because I had to change my diet, and once the inflammation came off, then like weight started coming off. Yeah. And um, you know, I wasn't complaining about my body, but I am kind of enjoying the new shape that I have right now. And that's just one of those things. Like, I just try to really look at everything as, you know, there's, there's got to be a silver lining somewhere. Yeah. And for me, you know, just having more compassion, that's probably a good thing. I, I like how you, it seems like that you've, you're looking at everything in such a positive light. Um, and that you just seem like you have a whole new perspective on life since being diagnosed with Sjogren's. Yeah, I mean, positivity comes and goes, but definitely the, um, the whole perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Deva, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. Well, thank you. I appreciated talking to you. Um, it's been such a pleasure talking with you as well and connecting with you. And I know this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. Remember, if you out there have any questions or comments, please email me at thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. And always remember, life is tough, but so are you. Everyone have a great rest of the day. Thank you again, Deva. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.